2: You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big, I mean huge, for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started.
1: Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives so you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.
2: This is the first- Hello and welcome everyone to the main event, Mark's Podcast. This is the Thanksgiving edition. I'm your first co-host, a lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and the guy that makes the turkey sounds. I am Troy. And with me as always, he is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Jeff to my Matt Hardy. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? Greg.
0: What's up? Look, I want to talk about what you just said. You make turkey sounds. I mean, that could be taken in a few ways. So
2: that's what you want to tell us. If anybody has been listening the last couple weeks, like every show here in November, I have had... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Yes. That's not how I heard it, though.
2: (laughs) I know how you heard it because you're a sick freak. But the rest of everybody, they know what I'm talking about. If you've been listening long enough. And by the way, to the new listeners, thank you. I appreciate it. If I hit you up on Twitter and you are a listener from there, uh, thanks for giving us a chance, and I hope you stick around going into the month of December. Because, Greg, this is our final show for the month of November. No more turkey noises after today. Oh, man. Put away the turkey. That was accidental. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Put away the turkey and bring out the ho ho hoes next week.
0: Wow, man, just with so many innuendos to start
2: the show this week, man. Hey, I'm I'm hitting them all right away, man. Another one. Good Lord. Uh, today, um, this is the day before Thanksgiving, obviously. The next three days are going to be crazy for all of y'all. Five out of the next, uh, or excuse me, four out of the next five days are going to be nuts. Because tomorrow you Another got, one. Uh, Sorry. tomorrow you got Thanksgiving. Friday, you've got Black Friday. Saturday, you got Small Business Saturday, and please, if any of you out there, if your state is not on like total lockdown and businesses are actually open, this may be the most important holiday for the rest of the year. Small Business Saturday, please go out. I, I've been me and my wife have been patronizing multiple small businesses lately, so I know it's tempting. I just went and bought a bunch of stuff from Walmart, but at the same time. I feel like I've earned that because I do my bit in my, uh, my part with the small businesses. You unfortunately in, are in California that, uh, small businesses are becoming more of a, uh, an extinction kind of they thing. They're
0: definitely going the way of the dinosaurs.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Uh, starting, uh, let's see what time is nine? ninth, uh, about nine and a half hours ago. All the small ones had to lock up again. Mother I mean, of God. Restaurants. I should clarify. Sorry. Restaurant once anyways. Um, they can still be open for contactless and delivery and stuff like that, but nobody can come inside again.
2: So good grief. Well, there's that. But like I said, if any of you live in a a place with small businesses, please hit them up on Saturday. Here's my PSA of the podcast. And I will definitely be
0: going to my local figure one.
2: Awesome. Yeah. And Sunday is nothing. uh, But Monday is cyber Monday. So get them deals. Anyway, Enough of that. Getting into uh, the news and notes of the time, you want to dive into all that goodness? Head first.
0: One second. Okay. One second. Wait for it.
2: <laughs> Good lord. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna my hit coffees. you with a... <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. You got your little coffee drink. All right. Well, I finished my coffee for the morning, so I should be raring and ready to go. full here... disclosure,
0: it is uh, what past noon over there. It's nine o'clock. Yeah. Nine thirty here. So yeah.
2: Yep. So uh, we'll we'll get into all the all the stuffing before we cut into the bird here right after this. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod.
1: Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, news and notes of the time. We don't have a whole lot, but there is some stuff from Impact to dive into. Uh, We'll get into here in a sec. The first one.
0: It was still TNA, right?
2: Or, excuse me, yeah, TNA.
0: I'm really just, I forget when they switched over to just Impact. I think it was, what, 10 maybe? Uh,
2: No, I think they officially did the switch over like around 2011. Uh, Or, well, I I don't even know if that was, they were transitioning in 2011.
0: I, I know it was Mick Foley was there because he's the one who flat out said it. We are now Impact Wrestling, so.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, they were transitioning the thing, but they still called them TNA, and like they didn't officially just drop the name completely until I think twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, because uh, by then, then they were like, yeah, we're no more TNA whatsoever, and now the only time it gets mentioned is you know when they have the you know Moose carrying around that TNA title. Yeah, because that makes all the sense in the world well and other people were saying they were like you know he's carrying around the tna title which isn't a real title anymore and he's more of a world champion than anybody they've had hold that world title in a while are you telling me he's more important than rich swan yes
0: <laughs> okay just asking go yeah
2: ahead. he's more important than rich swan eric young uh maybe sammy callahan and definitely tessa blanchard so
0: but not brian and- cage
2: Eddie Edwards and Brian Cage, I mean, they were they were fine. Sammy Callahan was all right. I don't know. But all right. Anyway, uh, I forgot about the timeline here with this, but Claudio Castagnoli signed a developmental deal with the WWE, having impressed them with an appearance on Raw as a police officer in a backstage segment. I like how that's how it, they're <laughs> like, they're like, God dang it, you wear that uniform really well. But, uh, yeah. but get this. At first I was <laughs> like, I'm sorry, it's weird. I know because he
0: stands there in a suit.
2: Yeah, they're like, "My God, you look good in that badge." Come back for a tryout match. But he, uh, I, I was sitting there. I'm like, he hasn't been there since '06. Like, what? But here, here's why uh, that hit me: as it, he had a successful tryout for Deep South Wrestling. Their former, like, if anybody remembers, that was like, I don't know, back you know,
0: back
1: in the
2: day. <laughs> well, no, you you know uh, baseball better than I do. Like the, the the minor league teams. So What's What's the one right before the 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 major leagues? the triple A triple A yep okay, so this was uh, so think of OVW as A and Deep south was double A or single A. so that's that's where they sent him. That's where Kenny Omega was. I think Dan O'Brien was there at one point. so but he went to Deep South wrestling shortly thereafter Castagnoli was released from his WWE contract. He returned to the Indies in February of oh seven. So I was right. He was not there since 2006.
0: He was there in 2006,
2: though. Yeah, he was there for literally a cup of coffee in Deep South Wrestling. Apparently decided, look, I don't want to be this far south to get into WWE. And
0: then they sent him home. The Deep South. I'm yeah. going to leave that obvious Joe Klum.
2: Good grief. Uh, also, here, switching to M- or, uh, TNA. Era TNA. Uh, on no, the November second edition of Impact, Kip and BG James, who you guys may know as Billy Gunn and Road Dogg, cut in
0: Mafia. Yeah, well tonight. they
2: no, I, don't, don't get ahead of me. They okay. <laughs> they cut a work shoot promo, announcing that they were quitting the company out of frustration. Uh, and that's the promo. If anybody remembers, they like cut their mics and then like get on commentary and start cutting a promo on commentary. And, yeah, so all that good stuff.
0: Is this the one where they challenge Triple H and HBK to a legit
2: fight? Well, yeah, uh, coming up to that. After a house show in Connecticut... I don't,
0: mean, I don't mean to keep getting ahead. Sorry, I thought this was all the same one. No,
2: yeah. Well, after a house show in Connecticut was canceled, TNA filmed a vignette at WWE headquarters featuring J- the James Gang discussing the show cancellation, you know, like you do. This vignette was followed with a promo on the November 16th Impact during which they announced that they had given or they had been given creative control and were changing their names to the Voodoo Kin Mafia VKM for short and declaring war on the WWE.
0: I'm not going to lie, it took me like a couple of weeks to get the whole VKM thing.
2: <laughs> I thought they were, like, smacking us in the face with it as soon as they debuted. They are like, Voodoo Kin Mafia, VKM, you know, somebody else, you know, and they kept, like, going on about the, the initials. For those of you that don't get the joke, it's Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So... Damn
0: yeah, uh, those are great initials.
2: Because I was like, okay, I get the joke, but what does it mean? Voodoo Kin Mafia?
0: Uh, I... Looking back at it, I'm like, was this just a way to introduce Roxy?
2: Uh, yeah, they brought it... For, for those of you that don't remember, they had a they had a manager for a little while. Good. She was the voodoo queen or whatever the hell, near Roxy Laveau. And then she lost hair versus hair match and kind of Molly Hollied herself. But, yeah, she... Uh, I mean,
0: like, that was the only voodoo thing about the whole thing. So, like, that tells me that it was specifically for that.
2: Even their... Even their theme song, like the beginning of it was like a phone rings and then, uh, they're like, like,
0: help me, they're in my house or something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because you hear the 911, what's your emergency? And it's some, yeah, some woman yelling,
0: help me, they're in my house. And
2: then, like, it cut the line cuts and you hear a dial tone. And then, so the, what
0: the hell does any of that have to do with voodoo? It yeah. I am like, like themes or something. Or,
2: yeah. It's like, so are they breaking in to, like, I, that might work with the mafia part. But again, it's like a two person mafia. Dude, the mafia,
0: if they existed, would not give people time to call. So yeah, well, I, I still uh, whoa,
2: disagree. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, well, there's no such thing as mafia, okay? You know, if you, if you saw something, you didn't see nothing, okay? What? See what? Uh, you mean, yeah, exactly. You saw nothing. But, yeah, no, I, I, this, this didn't, like, the kin, I get it, because they're southern and, you know, whatever. But the voodoo and the mafia, I just. All of it was stupid. And it was just a weird way it, you know. Who taking came a up with that WWE. crap,
0: bro? Who came up with that?
2: <laughs> was he writing at the time?
0: I'm almost he, certain
2: that, he was, yes. Oh, yeah, oh 06. Yeah, probably. I was wondering because, uh, you know, you listen to everybody who ever worked with him. Like, after WWE, because I, I don't think Vince McMahon allowed him to, for those that don't, we're talking about Vince Russo. I don't think Vince McMahon allowed him to take cry breaks in WWF. But from WCW on through TNA, from everything I heard, every couple of months he had to take a he had to take a couple months to go home and cry. Like, bro, I gotta go home and cry, bro.
0: Dude, he is like the polar opposite of a hardcore New Yorker. I don't believe he's a New Yorker.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a true New Yorker
0: weird. would look in the mirror and t- tell him, "Go F yourself," and then you know whatever. <laughs> Not go yeah. no cry.
2: Yeah. Would right. you ever
0: see Bully Ray needing time off to go cry? I pick him because I don't think there's anybody more in New York than him. But would yeah, you? Could you see there. him do that?
2: No. Yeah, I know he's got He's gonna have. And I, I'm not. I, I, I want to make
0: it clear we're not I'm not, I'm not making fun of mental illness at all. Yeah, I'm not. That's not I, funny. It's just like he's just coming up with excuses.
2: Yeah, I don't think he legitimately has any any uh, mental illnesses for real. I could be wrong, but I don't. Well, think he I mean, you've seen
0: what he's written, so there's definitely well, something with his head, but not yeah, like that. Yeah, that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the last story I got here is uh, something also from TNA. I figure we talk about the build up and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, because it's the last thing we have to talk about. So, just weeks before Survivor Series, the recently signed Kurt Angle defeated Samoa Joe in the main event of TNA Genesis. This was kind of a weird time in wrestling because like i don't know when yeah,
0: i heard hangel and tna still just sounds weird to me
2: yeah Until when i heard day. tna like wwe released him i was like whoa what like i just never in a million years and then i saw he was going to tna and i was like what and you and i were big tna fans at the time for those that haven't been keeping up with the podcast i marked out for that i'm like damn
0: I remember hearing someone was going to TNA and thinking it was Chris Benoit no. because he had just returned at No Mercy the month before. Yeah. But like, uh, I'm talking about like before all this. Like there was a big signing, signing coming in. I thought it was Benoit for sure. And then I think there was even a talk it was Regal.
2: Uh, well, I mean, I love William Regal, but he would not have been as good. Obviously, I, yeah. This was I mean, this was huge. And the thing was, like, anybody who did the – it was a big thing back in the day. It's like, if you could pit anybody from WWE against anybody from TNA, who would it be? And everybody's first thing, they were like, oh, Kurt Angle and... So See, not
0: me. I said
2: Kurt Angle and Styles, but – No, well, yeah. I mean, I people never... said him and Joe be because good, of their but... Styles. Yeah. I think...
0: Yeah. I mean, when I'm thinking any great versus a TNA great, AJ Styles is the one for me.
2: I can't remember. I, I think people were saying Styles and Michaels – I think, was the, the main one. but I can't remember off the top of my head now. But either way, it uh, might have been Styles and Cena, which we got that one too, but under the WWE banner. So, But this one, I mean, it was the first... I mean, they moved right into it with as soon as Kurt Angle popped up in TNA, bam, Samoa Joe. And
0: well, he use had... and takes the title from Joe, right? The one that Joe had stole.
2: Yeah. Something like that, yeah. It, yeah, they had a great feud, uh, lasted a long time, so that was all really cool. I was I was into all of that. Kurt Angle had a really good uh, career in TNA, I thought, but he lost a wife, <laughs> so there's that. But on the flip side, I think he gained a um, or he he was able to kick his pill addiction, I think, while he was in TNA. So that was good. I don't know, man. There's a
0: couple of times you go back and look at him; he is just sickly.
2: Yeah, he beat the crap out of himself in TNA, though. I mean, he he did not slow down. Like I think he was in a full like I can still do this mode, and he really he pushed the crap out of himself. So I mean, he's he had great matches against a lot of different people: Sting, Jarrett, Styles, Joe. Uh, you know, list goes on and on. Now Christian even. And I'd forgotten about this. Christian debuted at Genesis the year before. So within two years, we get Christian Cage and Samoa, uh, excuse me, uh, Kurt Angle, both popping up at TNA Genesis.
0: It became a running thing because uh, Booker T would debut at Genesis the next year.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Huh? And and King Booker is a big deal (laughs) on this show that we're about to talk about as well. So Booker definitely comes into play. Uh, But yeah, anything else you have to add for that before we move on to the event at hand?
0: Yes, I miss the good TNA.
2: I do too. I got, TNA, like we were talking about, Impact Wrestling has a weird cult following on Twitter now. If you say anything negative about it, they're like, well, it's the best wrestling out there right now. How can you not like it? It's like, do you actually watch this show and get enjoyment out of it along with the other 10, 10 people that watch it? I'm sorry, if you're an actual Impact fan, I mean, cool, good for you, like what you want to like. I just, I i tried getting back into it with Slammiversary, because so I was like, well, this is a pretty good show. I might get, you know, into this here. And then they reminded me within a month why I stopped watching in the first place. <laughs>
0: yeah, I haven't followed it. I mean, I'll skim through it and see what's going on. That's about it.
2: Hey, the Good Brothers are tag champs, so there's that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the- enough to make me tune in.
2: Well, hell, yeah, I mean,
0: who's talk... the world champion? The world champion to me is the draw. Like I go off of will I watch this guy? The world well, champion at the time of this recording is
2: uh Rich Swan. <laughs> so, well, I, I, you're no. wrong, Greg, because if you look, I mean, Sammy Callahan's nickname is the draw, so he, you know, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched a Sammy Callahan match, really. I used to be Never super once. I used to be super into his stuff back in the indies but throughout the years I've kind of chilled out on him I don't know
0: He's back to doing the hacker thing which I find funny cuz apparently he hated that crap in WWE and yeah. now he's embracing the crap out of it
2: Yeah, It's like why are you do- are you just doing this now because they're like crap WWE's doing a, a hacker thing we got to do a hacker thing uh, uh, Sammy you know how to hold a tablet and act like you're pressing buttons right <laughs> Stupid but all right, uh, that about wraps it up. Uh, we're going to dive into all things Survivor Series 2006 right after the other side of this break. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod.
1: Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you. Ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Now, back to our program.
2: All right, we are here. Survivor Series, 2006 for the WWE. The date is November 26, 2006. The venue is the Wachovia Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I think it's changed names since then. I don't know what the hell it is now.
0: Like seven times.
2: Yeah. Uh, the theme song is "Are You Ready" by Hazen Street. I band. <laughs> I didn't hate the song, but I just I've never heard that. Of that was
0: name. brutal. Piece of crap. Why did you use that? Ugh. Uh,
2: the, the attendance was 15,400 and the pay per view buys were 383,000. So, all in all, not bad. Uh, this was 20 years of Survivor Series, by the way. Last week we covered, or excuse me, two weeks ago we covered Survivor Series 1996. Uh, that was 10 years of Survivor Series, so two decades. Of teams fighting against each other in elimination style matches. So there you go. Uh, I said it was a co it was a co branded Raw SmackDown and ECW show. I said I forgot how awesome the ruthless aggression build up packages were. I thought the way they did the opening package was was
0: oh exciting. yeah, I loved it.
2: Yeah, uh, when we finally get into the arena, the pyro blows like the guy is Danny McBride's character from Tropic Thunder.
0: Don't get that reference. Sorry. You never watched Tropic Thunder? God. No, dang. it looks stupid.
2: It was stupid. That's.
0: Thank you for specifying why I should never watch it.
2: Oh, man, Danny McBride's character was not, like he was the pyro guy. If anybody go, if anybody gets the reference, his character was the one that blew a ton of pyro like too early in the in the movie and like everything exploded. Uh, but anyway, the first match is the Legends versus the Spirit Squad. Ugh. This I don't one, know if the squad was the legends. Yeah, I'm gonna smack the hell out of you. I'm gonna assume they couldn't dig up a fifth legend.
0: Okay. No, there's a, uh, there was a good reason there. Roddy Piper was um, hurt.
2: Yeah, um, I went
0: to, went to the hospital, I believe, and had like a hernia or something like
2: that. Yeah, I mean, I know that, but they said that Ron, uh, Ron Simmons was his replacement. So yeah. if they're replacing him, that means that they were originally scheduled to only have four and then they're sticking with four so i, I was just like wow there's five members of the spirit squad you couldn't get a fifth old man on the other side i don't know anyway it wouldn't have made the match any better i'll say that
0: could have got jay lawler I
2: mean. <laughs> yeah it was rick flair sergeant slaughter dusty Rhodes, and ron simmons with Arn anderson in their corner they're taking on the spirit squad kenny mikey Nikki, and johnny with mitch in their corner Mitchie. Yeah. This was uh, something. I forgot about some of these guys.
0: Fun fact, by the way, The uh, Miz and or Elijah Burke were supposed to be part of the Spirit Squad.
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me about that. I was like, well, what? It
0: would have been good for diversity.
2: Yeah. Um, somebody, who, somebody who didn't suck on the team. I take it back. I mean, they... Most of these guys were, were actually pretty good. Um, I forgot about Johnny, but I tried to forget about this group as a whole.
0: Didn't Kenny, like, they tried to do something with him, and it failed miserably?
2: Yeah, because his name was Ken Doan, and they changed his name to Kenny Dykstra, which I didn't get the reference at first. Well, oh, there's I, a
0: baseball I, player named Lenny Dykstra. I just,
2: yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, they were like, oh, like, Lenny Dykstra, like,
0: because when I think of Lenny Dykstra, I think of a male cheerleader.
2: Right. But anyway, this match went for ten and a half minutes. Way uh, too long. Wait. Yeah, you don't say. Flair is wearing a brought His His bronze-colored robe that was apparently his favorite in this era because he wore it quite a bit. There's and there's a bunch of like, uh, like promotional photos of him wearing that.
0: Well, his his horseman days were gone, so he probably wasn't making enough to buy new robes all the time.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess there was one woman he had make his robes throughout his entire career and towards the end she made a a robe or two that he got him and he was like really upset with him. He was like, "Ah, quality really went downhill and he was like really upset with her. And then he found out she was like terminally ill and he was like, oh I'm sorry. (laughs) He was like, I mean, this is pretty good for, you know, dying while you're making my robes. So, but yeah, not to bring the boot down, but, but yeah, uh, Ron Simmons, like I said, is replacing the injured Roddy Piper. They said he had to go to the hospital and get surgery. Mitch and Arn Anderson get involved, and the referee boots Mitch, who Ron Simmons beats a tar out of, and then just drags him to the back, getting himself counted out <laughs> because. Sure. I
0: just I like looking at the whole looking at the whole thing. Like wow, they're just trying anything and everything, anything and everything to get the hell around this match
2: well don't you remember like all of them except mitch could wrestle i don't know where they got i, I think mitch was on tough enough and they threw him in that group they were all on tough enough well mitch's mitch's claim to fame and i'm using that term loosely mitch's claim to fame was i can sit on the floor and scoot on my butt
0: that's right
2: I, i'm like what the
0: hell i think now that you mention it, i think he was on tough enough because i remember him doing that in the ring on smackdown
2: yeah he did it all the freaking time and i'm like does that just tickle vince mcmahon he's like yeah. ah, scooting yeah. on his ass
0: to, to quote jim ross i i don't know if that's gonna buy you at the grocery store but okay
2: yeah it was uh that's
0: one of my favorite jim ross lines he said that about draws and he was like oh you can puke on q i don't know if that's gonna buy him at the grocery store but you know whatever
2: yeah. i always like taz he's like that in five bucks will get you a cup of coffee yeah. i'm like wow <laughs> Uh so New York of him. <laughs> but he's like uh he's like Joe Pesci but more round and tan. Anyway <laughs> uh Arn gets same height, though. Yeah. Arn gets the boot as well and uh to a it's a bull excrement from the crown. They were very uh vocal about this. They did not like uh, the enforcer getting kicked. You know, it, you could kind of see even back then like I didn't know to look for it back then, but it's like his left hand uh, when he put up the four horseman sign, like his hand looked normal on the right side and his hand was just kind of like there on the left. I was like, oh, but yeah, it's
0: hard yeah, to look at still.
2: Yeah. And that the way he claps, uh, you can tell. Uh, but anyway, while Sergeant Slaughter has a Cobra Clutch on Nikki, Johnny hits a Johnny go Round, which was a trouble in paradise. To the back of slaughter's head and Nikki pins him for the elimination Nikki's still out of it and dusty rose drops an elbow on him for the pinfall elimination dusty's whipping up on kenny until a distraction allows kenny to roll him up with a schoolboy pin for the elimination it's now three on one for rick flair flair uses the the ropes to assist his jackknife cover on mickey for the or excuse me mikey for the elimination he then cradles kenny for a flash pinfall comes down to flair and Johnny. And Flair picks him apart. Johnny quickly taps out of the figure four and gives the Legends the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and one fourth stars. Holy crap. I gave it two and a half because I said for the people that were in it, it was average. What say you?
0: (sighs) I hated it. I gave it one.
2: Wow. One? Damn. It sucked. Keep in mind, by the way, this is the only four on four of the night. The other two Survivor Series matches are all five on five. So, also, uh, keep in
0: mind, I'm just gonna say that now. This is the worst match of the night. Yeah,
2: yeah. This. Uh, so, so
0: that you know, gives, not to give it away, but everything else would be higher than one. <laughs> so,
2: well, this was, this was, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like. Flair, or I feel like Flair being in the match was why he, Flair and Dusty both, is why Uncle Dave gave this such a high rating.
0: Yeah, I mean, nostalgic reasons. I had fun watching the entrances. and.
2: Well, if <sighs> Ric Flair's in it, Uncle Dave will rate it super high. Well, that's, that's just, that's the rule. He's good buddies with Ric Flair. He lets his bias show. Not that Flair doesn't deserve high ratings, but for God's sake, this was... Man. He's got
0: himself a new Flair now. Well, a Canadian. You might know him.
2: <laughs> wow. Am I wrong? Uh, I, yeah. He said uh, he just
0: got into the Hall of Fame, the PW uh PW pro wrestling P O W O, right?
2: No, it's uh he he got into the uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, pro wrestling whatever.
2: So that's a huge thing, man. He's not even close to retirement. That's just stupid. I, I mean feel I feel like he hasn't even peaked yet. No. <laughs> What has he done to be quote-unquote Hall of Fame-worthy at this effing age?
0: You haven't been watching AEW, have you, man? Oh, my God. uh, He's been Dave Meltzer's wrestler of the year twice or whatever. He's had the most seven-star matches, and he once competed in North Carolina. I don't know what the hell any of that means. That's Kenny Omega's entrance, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's just flippin' ridiculous. Uh, But I said after the match... A different Kenny flips uh flipsy figure four so that the pressure is reversed for Johnny onto flair because Kenny comes in and flips a pile. Uh, the spirit squad holds Flair down so that Kenny can do his top rope leg drop onto the back of Flair's head, and that's the end of that Cause I don't understand why they pushed the spirit squad
0: because they were young guys I can't fault them for it. she so was like, oh, okay, you know I mean people bitch. let's get new talent, whatever. And they do. Yeah. And we're like, oh, that's the one I wanted. Joke. My whole, <laughs> whole thing about it is it was something. It's like It was something new. I, I mean,
2: wish they would have brought them in not as a freaking joke. And then at the end, they bury them anyway by having DX throw them in a box that marks like to Louisville or whatever on it. And I'm like, my God.
0: But. Uh, it said to OVW.
2: No, I thought it said to Louisville on it. Yeah, it it's,
0: clearly said OVW. That's why I laughed so my. Like, wow, they acknowledge it on Raw. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, yeah. And then, uh, and then we got Nikki back as uh, Chavo Guerrero's. Oh no, this was no. He was, this was he after the caddy. That.
0: you want to talk about crap?
2: Yeah, dude couldn't cut a break. And then I was like, and then they bring him back as some dude named Dolph Ziggler. Like for God's sake, <laughs> he had an upward mountain to climb, man, like a very steep mountain to climb. <laughs> but the next He's match, a
0: two-time world champ though.
2: Yeah. The next match was uh, gonna be Benoit and Ch- versus Chavo Guerrero. Uh, it is built on Chavo and Vicky Guerrero taking out Rey Mysterio for quote trying to steal the Guerrero, Guerrero legacy. And after Eddie's death, Benoit accuses him of doing it because of something to do with Eddie's estate. Which I I don't fully get that one because I'm like, well, why wouldn't Vicky have full rights to his estate at the end? Like I. Like, was he trying, was she trying to get something to Chavo? And if so, like, couldn't she just be like, well, this estate's mine and you can have whatever you want. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was confused by the storyline. I'm just like, what's the, what's the hold up here? Or what's the, what's the, what's the issue? They just kept talking about something about talking to lawyers about his estate. I'm like, eh, all right. But I,
0: yeah, I lost interest in this quickly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. We we know how much you know. You, you've told us how much of a huge Chavo Guerrero fan you aren't.
0: Oh so, God, yeah, oh, man. I've oh, never seen the appeal of him, man. It just he's like the other Guerrero. He's there because of Eddie. I'm he's so
2: Chav- heat, man. <laughs> ah, yeah, he was the other Guerrero.
0: His most, in my opinion, the, the only time the most time he was like the most. The, the only time I ever liked him is when he was a Los Guerreros. What does that tell you?
1: I
2: thought he was interesting in WCW, except when he brought out the stupid hobby horse. That was...
0: He was interesting because of Eddie cutting his hair. He was interesting because the paired Ugh. with CD Ray when they decided Booker T could be something. Other than that, he was never interesting to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm honestly bad, really
0: surprised but... they never put him with the Filthy Animals. Like...
2: He wasn't one. He wasn't one of their amigos, man. I mean, like we found out years later that those three were actually tight in real life. So, but Kidman so, is. Yeah. So the, the this main or this this match was uh, Chris Benoit defending the WWE United States title against Chavo Guerrero with Vicky Guerrero in his corner. Yes, we uh, we we will bleep out the name Chris Benoit. I'm kidding, uh, but this is. <laughs> I said Chris this is Ben an, bleep.
0: That's what Smart Mark calls him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, this is an extremely physical match to start with, I said. These two actually, I mean, they're beating the tar out of each other. Uh, JBL was just fit to be tied on commentary. He made quite a few misogynistic comments that wouldn't fly in 2020. But that was the theme of the show. I honestly wasn't super into this match. The finish sock, Chavo, kick Benoit into Vicky, who was on the apron. Roll Benoit up. But Benoit turned the schoolboy into a crippled crossface, and he made Chavo tap out. Uncle Dave gave this three and one-fourth star. I gave it two and a half stars for average. What say you?
0: More proof that his ranking system is stupid. Uh, I said two.
2: Yeah, it was... I
0: mean, hey, I'm not going to crap on anyone's opinion, okay? But, like, really? This was a three to you?
2: An over three. It's, it's just like, what screen... And,
0: uh, over... AW... Uh, Parking lot brawl was five to him. I just I'm baffled.
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't freaking get it. But JBL goes on a rant about Benoit after this match that would be more relevant in late two thousand seven. Is that bad to, to say? I I mean it is bad to say, but some of the things he was saying, I was like, wow. It was almost like he um like he had a crystal ball.
0: I don't know what to say with any of this.
2: Go back and listen to his rant after the match, and you'll get what I'm talking about. But yeah, it's just it was. Uh, I was like, oh, it's hard to listen to now in context. Uh, Todd Grisham, if anybody remembers him, he was backstage and he interviews Lita with Edge about Lita saying that she's going to retire after her match tonight. Lita says that she, the uh, most disrespect she's ever gotten in her wrestling career is from Philadelphia fans. That, no. Uh, yeah, that that I mean that you're gonna blew me over with a feather with that one. Edge makes a really lame Donovan McNabb insult. I was like, ah, stereotypical. Your football team sucks, and I'm a heel. (laughs) Ha ha! But, you know, whatever.
0: He's also Canadian, doesn't have a football team.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm like, what the hell do you know about the NFL, Edge? Screw off. They make out a little bit, and then Lita walks off. uh, Behind Edge's back, Crime Time sneaks into Lita's dressing room. When Edge leaves, Crime Time sneaks out. (laughs) Of Lita's dressing room with a box full of Vlita's stuff and tells Todd Grisham, You ain't seen nothing. Shh. Uh, I miss them. Yeah. This was another thing that, like, and people to this day, they were like, Yeah, they were beating up people on the street without provocation and stealing things. By God, they're baby faces. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. I had a friend uh, who worked construction and he watched wrestling and he was like, man, uh, I got to give it up to JTG, man. He's the only person I know of that could wrestle like that in work boots. Yeah, it's true. He, uh, he wore them crap kickers during every match. And, you know, kudos for him or to him for that one. It's like like Orange Cassidy wrestling in skinny jeans. Like, how the hell do you do that? All right. This next match was Lita defending the WWE Women's title against Mickie James. It went for 8 minutes, 18 seconds. During Lita's entrance, the camera focuses on a sign that says, HO! That was it. Just just HO. <laughs> so, what well,
0: was Hacksaw Jim Duggan?
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, he could have been the fifth legend, man. He's always down for a for another I payday.
0: Think, I think he was in the Royal Rumble right after this, or at least within a year or two. So I, clearly he was still working. So yeah, why wasn't he in the
2: I swear to God, when I went to Disney World one time, I saw a dude who I thought was Jim Duggan, but I couldn't tell for sure, and I didn't just want to walk up to a random guy with a ponytail and a beard and be like, are you Hacksaw Jim Duggan? <laughs> who? Yeah, because if he wasn't, that would have been super awkward. And if he was, I don't know if he would have been like, dude, I'm trying to spend time with my family. F off. So it was a, it was a lose-lose situation. I don't want to be one of them marks, like the guy who... I don't know if you ever saw that picture of this guy who was trying to take a picture of Randy Orton in the bathroom while he was washing his hands. I did. And Orton's giving him a look over his shoulder like, are you effing kidding me? Those those are the bad kind of marks, not the main event marks.
0: See, when I saw uh, Bushwhacker Butch in the bathroom, I didn't try to shake his hand or talk to him or anything. So,
2: Well, no, because he pooped without washing his hands
0: yeah i mean you know and, now we're, and corona wasn't now we're, to now, we're, yet. now we're nitpicking so
2: yeah nitpicking <laughs> yeah uh i say luda was er, Luda. lita was wearing one of her own lucha gora brand t-shirts that's uh she i think she still sells lucha gora brand clothes anybody uh has wants to check her stuff out but anyway she, she
0: sells them in a little shop in pier 39 in san francisco where she lives
2: oh nice yeah so uh Check her out for Small Business Saturday. I guess I don't know. I don't but, think it's
0: her business. She sells at someone else's business, but ah,
2: just to okay. clarify. Yeah. Uh, I said there were so many disgusting sexual jokes on commentary before, during, and after the match. The classy Philly fans are chanting, "She's a crack whore!" at her. Which was totally a, the
0: ECW crowd came in.
2: Yeah, that was a that was an old favorite. Uh, that old chestnut of the ECW brand.
0: I can't figure out why that brand or that company failed. I just, huh.
2: well, it wasn't their misogyny, Greg, and their oversexualization. Come on, uh, as as I've heard, as I've heard them referred to before, it's like starring all these male wrestlers and uh, woman shaped sexual objects. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mickey James ends up winning the match in the end with a DDT. Uncle Dave gave uh, us Mickey T. No, skews the hell out of me. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this one and a half stars. I gave it two stars. It was below average. What say you? I gave it two as well. Yeah, it was okay.
0: This was like the second, you know, second of like a couple of pay per views where a, uh, a child, someone retired. I think Trish retired in September of six at Unforgiven.
2: And then nice. they went off to do their Laverne and Shirley act together.
0: I would have watched Elm <laughs> um, and Louise before I would watch watched that.
2: <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> but after the match, uh, Lil, uh, Lita makes Lillian Garcia announce Lita as the greatest women's champion of all time. Lita then berates the Philadelphia crowd, demanding respect. So you know what that means. <sighs> we have to unfortunately cover this. Crime Time comes out with a box of Leah's stuff.
0: Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out what the unfortunate part is, but okay.
2: Yeah, they're selling her stuff to the crowd. They offer or they sell her bras, her panties. I bought it all. Pro- women's cleaning products and um, a dildo. Never thought I'd say that word on this show, but there you have it.
0: Again, things that will work in 2006 that will not fly in 2020.
2: Yeah, they literally, I'm like, and they didn't even blur it off the network. He literally pulls a dildo out of the box and is holding it up for everyone to see and, and oh, he's literally shaking it, saying it's vibrating. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? Just what the hell? Hell
0: of a goodbye, though, huh?
2: There are kids in this crowd, by the way. Just,
0: yeah, but they're out. Philly fans, kids, so they probably just, you know, whatever. Yeah, let him go hey, now. Because we're gonna teach him anyways.
2: <laughs> hey, little Johnny, you remember seeing that when you when you accidentally uh, opened your mother's side drawer, right?
0: What the hell?
2: <laughs> JBL offers to buy a pair of Lita's panties and says he wants to sniff. Uh, to, he wants to sniff them, and he acts disgusted by the smell. This was just what the f? This was money. This I I was so tempted to fast forward but I have to take notes on all this. I just I was like, Why? They why said the la- not? They said the last thing that they have to sell is big and it's wide. Everyone likes it and can and you can stick your head in it. It's Lita's box. <laughs> they sell the cardboard box and just uh yeah. I this was disgusting and pathetic. I, I'm, I'm so glad this this era of wrestling is over, <laughs> where women are actually you know, wrestlers carrying you know. the show. Yeah, and not with live sex celebrations and ooh, my boob popped out. Like I said, women shaped sexual objects. Unfortunately, we then see footage from earlier that day where Michael Cole, I put in quotations, interviewed Batista in a sit down setting. I said interviewed because of uh, what's coming up. Uh, Cole laid out to Batista that he has had to surrender the world title due to injury. He has repeatedly failed to recapture the title, and now tonight in his last, he has his last chance to win the title, Batista, which
0: almost guarantees he's going to win. By the way,
2: <laughs> they've swer- swerve, bro. They've swerved people a few times for that uh, impact, or not? Excuse me. AEW has done that so far in a situation that I didn't think they were going to, but uh, Batista refuses to answer any questions and he just sits there seething. Basically he was just there so he wouldn't get fined. I like that. (laughs) Kudos to anybody who gets that reference, by the way,
0: one of our faithful listeners is going to love that reference.
2: Oh, I bet. Finally, Cole asks if Batista has anything to say at all. Batista says that he's leaving as the world's heavyweight champion. That's quite a prediction, Dave. I, uh, that's that's some that's some deep insight into okay. the, mind of the animal.
0: i got to stop you right there. We only say the name Dave for one guy on here, okay? You don't have one name, Batista. That's reserved for Meltzer. How
2: dare you? I was shocked that Michael Cole referred to him as Dave. He was like, you have anything to say at all, Dave? I'm like, hey, well, you don't call him Dave? God dang it. He's Batista.
0: Yeah, I just, like I just said, there's only one, one name, Dave, in this world. Bastard
2: wow all right this next one i hope people know i'm joking (laughs) this next one is the one we've been talking about and it's uh exactly what i remember it was team dx it was triple h and Shawn michaels the hardy boys of matt and jeff cm punk they are taking on the team of rated rk team rated rko which is edge and randy orton gregory helms Mike Knox with Kelly Kelly and Johnny Nitro with Melina. It's a five on five survivor series elimination match went 11 and a half minutes.
0: Loved this match. Gotta say,
2: I said, the crowd is beyond hot for the baby faces, triple H and CM Punk start off by asking if we're ready during his intro, triple H rightfully puts over the amount of talent on their team. You could tell by the way, I said that Shawn Michaels was just on autopilot during this era and having fun at this point. Right before his one last, all right, I'm going to put pedal to the metal for one last singles run right right before he retired. Because during this era, I mean, he was still pumping out good matches because autopilot Shawn Michaels is better than full speed most people. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: I I mean, also, to your point, he was was back with DX, too. So clearly, yeah.
2: Him and Triple H were just having fun and fiddle-dicking at this point. But, you know, like I said, they still pumped out some, some good stuff. Obviously, we all remember the uh, Vince Loves. I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> they even made a shirt that said Vince Loves and then a chicken or a rooster or whatever the hell. But there was a handful. It was, of, a,
0: it was a rooster.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a handful of comedy spots with Shawn Michaels start the match. That uh, first
0: part. Can we talk about that with Mike Knox?
2: Yes, still
0: one of the greatest moments in this year of wrestling. I, I get it; he completely buried Knox, but man, that was hilarious. Dude.
2: <laughs> you don't get the Mike Knox. Like apparently, he was one of the people that Paul Heyman was really pulling for and really wanted to lead the ECW brand. I didn't see a ton in him. I he didn't suck. I just I never looked at him as the guy. You know.
0: Well, he would we go was, on to be in the Aces and eight, so at least he did something
2: as Knox. Yeah, and he led the Menagerie.
0: That's right, yeah. Yeah, so... He brought Reba into the world of wrestling. I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah, and the freak Rob Carey got a second life under a mask. Oh. And Crazy Steve. He introduced us to Crazy Steve, who is still an Impact, by the way.
0: So there's lots to be grateful for, for, Nike, for Mike Knox.
2: <sighs> yeah, well, anyway.
0: <laughs> Triple tried- H. Yeah, when he when he kicked him, though, he goes, who was that? He's like, was he part of the team? <laughs>
2: yeah because what happens is triple h tries to get kelly kelly to take her top off because kelly kelly was just again woman-shaped sexual object she was always
0: her whole thing was she was an exhibitionist not excusing it but i'm saying this does fit within that realm
2: yeah she well her whole thing was she was just itching to get naked just every second of every day my god these clothes can i just get naked already like uh, I mean, show of hands, who's complaining about that? I mean, like, sure, I guess, I, you know, but whatever. We lost, lost the
0: women viewers or listeners.
2: Ultra well, like, tries to take, or tries to get Kelly Kelly to take her top off. Mike Knox shoves him, gets mad, and Shawn Michael super kicks the crap out of Knox and pins him. Like, First,
0: he, before he pins him, though, he asked the referee, Did you ring the bell? Did you catch that part? He goes, Did the bell ring? Uh,
2: I didn't catch that part, but yeah. And he was, yeah, and then he did the whole he was like, Who is that? Or who was that? Yeah,
0: he goes. It's Mike then, Knox from ECW. He goes. So yeah, but was he part of the team? So okay. He's like. So we're good. We're ahead. Okay, cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then he's like rustling around, and then he slides out of the ring. Uh, Molina has her back to the ring. He slides out of the ring and like stands there, puts his arm around her, and just like stands there. And she looks over, it's like, "Whoa, what the heck?" And he's like, "Bah!" And then he runs away. Fun
0: fun fact: He did that in the Survivor in the King of the Ring, 1995 tournaments. When he's facing King Kong Bundy, he did that to Ted DiBiase.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I don't remember that one. That's awful. an old,
0: old episode of Raw. Go back and watch. It's, uh, he's facing King Kong Bundy.
2: Wow. I bet that was a barn burner.
0: I don't remember the match, but yeah, I would bet on classic.
2: Right. Uh, Matt Hardy, uh, he starts bleeding from the mouth. For some reason, I didn't catch why. Uh, he was just, he just started bleeding. Matt hotshots Johnny Nitro over the top rope. CM Punk locks him in the Anaconda Vice for the submission elimination for Nitro. Uh, Punk then takes almost everyone's finisher until he finally dodges Edge's spear. Tags out the Triple H, who destroys everyone until Edge cheap shots him. The Hardys nail the extreme combination on Gregory Helms, who I forgot was in this match until his music hit. Uh, a friendship
0: get... destroyed, by the way. The what? I said a friendship destroyed.
2: Oh, yeah. They hit the Extreme Combination on him to eliminate him. It's now 5-on-2. Serrated so RKO decide to abandon Chip, and they head for the hills, but the Hardys cut them off and throw them back in the ring to take a beating. Edge gets Sweet Chin Music in his pen. Horton takes off through the crowd, but the Babyface is chasing down, throwing him back in the ring. Horton gets Sweet Chin Music into a pedigree for the final elimination. Uncle Dave gave this 3-3-4 three and three, four stars, I gave it two star, or I'm sorry, he gave it two and three, four stars. I gave it two stars because, I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't, I mean, it was just pure domination. So, what's the you?
0: I gave it three. I love this match. And I thought this is one of the greatest Survivor Series teams in the history of Survivor Series. The, oh, the, for fa- sure, the, face, yeah. the face side, anyways. Um, yeah,
2: the heel side was a little lacking with Mike Knox. And uh, as much as I love Gregory Helms, uh, come on now.
0: I do like that they push that he was the only champion in the
2: match. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah longest like, I mean, we'll reigning a champion we'll we'll at the term champion, but it is a title. So, hey, he kind of made that cruiserweight title matter for a little while. Oh,
0: no, he did, he did. It's just like just still the way I, he built it up as if he was the the champion. Oh man, I'm the only champion in this match. Yeah, yeah, but the cruiserweight champion.
2: Well, I, I actually converted uh, my my fandom there because, like, we've talked about it, I was a big Hurricane fan, and after he came out as Gregory Helms, I was all on board for that, too. I was like, he's damn good, and he's finally, like, being pushed as, like – he was pushed as, like, a top guy of the cruiserweight division, and he was having, like, good matches, and he wasn't flip-flopping and flying all over the ring. So he didn't have to hit a, you know, 360-whatever, 630-whatever, you know, to matter. But we also,
0: get a-, uh, a couple months ago, or maybe a year ago, they came out with a Jeff Hardy Mattel figure, which I was so stoked about. So I have it from this match.
2: Ah, yeah. nice. Uh, we got a build-up package for the next match showing Mr. Kennedy vowing to end The Undertaker's career and the legacy of The Undertaker at the very event he debuted at, Survivor Series. Kennedy made Taker bleed on SmackDown by beating him mercilessly with a microphone. So on a later episode of SmackDown, Undertaker made it rain blood on Kennedy. I remember this whole buildup, by the way, because I was all in for this feud. I I,
0: I, sh- I, love Kennedy, man.
2: I hated him for like the first uh, couple months, and then he grew on me. And I was like, damn, I love this guy. He's, he's awesome.
0: I don't want to sound like one of those guys. Oh, I liked him for everyone else, but... um. You know I'm a huge WWE fan, so I would watch Velocity. When this guy he came out as uh, Ken Anderson at first, his debut as Ken Anderson on Velocity, and I saw that entrance, the microphone, and I was like, "I like this. This is funny." And then all of a sudden he comes out on SmackDown as his debut, and like, "Oh, I know this dude. I just saw him a couple weeks ago on Velocity." And it's like, so I was kind of like all in on like from his debut. Because of Velocity, though, so.
2: I hated him at first because I didn't get the, like, I know it was comedy and whatever, and it built his character eventually, but, like, at first I didn't get it. I was just like, so he's feuding with Tony Chimmel about who can announce him better. Like, I was like, eh, whatever, I don't care. And then after a while it grew on me, and I was like, he's hilarious. He's good in the ring. I like everything about this guy. And when he debuted in, in TNA in 2010, Genesis 2010, I flipped my crap. I mean, he had a so-so match against Abyss, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I was just, I was happy he was there. But backstage, Crystal Marshall asked Mr. Kennedy his thoughts on the match. and was
0: name I forgot about, by the way, sorry. Crystal?
2: <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Uh, last I heard of her was when she was Bobby Lashley's manager slash baby mama in uh, TNA. And then she went the way of the dodo, and uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell she's, she's doing now. She's still married to him? Uh, no, I don't think they ever officially got married. They oh. they might have, I don't know, but yeah, they're they're not anymore. Um, but anyway, it, well, he, no, he's married. He was married to Lana, don't you remember? Gosh. Oh,
0: that's <laughs> right.
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, here's another f- uh, blast from the past, but he's still around doing stuff today. MVP comes up and says that he recently beat Kane in a cage match, and he'll eliminate him from their match later tonight. And he's got confidence in Mr. Kennedy. MVP assures Kennedy that he's got his back. Even though previous weeks, uh, I guess it was, I didn't see this part in the buildup and I don't remember, but I guess it was Kennedy and MVP versus the Brothers of Destruction and Kennedy left MVP high and dry to get beaten up. Yep. So now MVP is like, ah, don't worry about that. You know, I, I got your back tonight Nancy the Undertaker. The other thing I thought was funny was Kennedy, like, cause at first I was like, god dang, he's shiny. And then they actually, they're, he's like, what do you have on your face? He's like, it's Vaseline. It's what boxers use. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, well, at first I was like, what did he do to himself? I thought they were just going to ignore it. And then it was like, oh, it's part of the story. Cool. But yeah, we get this. This was actually my favorite match of the entire night. It, not saying it was the best match. It was just my favorite match. It was Mr. Kennedy versus The Undertaker. First blood. It went for nine minutes, 15 seconds. Before the Undertaker even enters, Kennedy takes the top turnbuckle pads off of two corners. For his introduction, he says that we're looking at the future of sports entertainment. Too bad that didn't come to fruition. That one still hurts, I don't know. I mean, not saying he never did anything, it just uh, I feel like he never f- like fulfilled his potential. I, do, you, do you feel that way too?
0: I do But apparently according to some people he was just a dick so
2: yeah well it was ins- well actually self-inflicted let me, because let me
0: reuse that let me redo that he was an asshole by his own words <laughs> yes so, mr go.
2: a-hole yeah he, well it, wa- it wasn't even just his attitude but it was also he kept getting popped for steroids and, and this he kept and that. getting
0: what hurt a- too
2: yeah so but isn't it amazing that once he went to tna i think he might have got injured what once yeah, right. Like it was just WWE. So it's like, what the hell was going on? <laughs> and he wasn't even doing roids anymore. Or was it because of the roids that he was getting injured? I don't know. I don't
0: know. I just, I've often wondered if that contributes to getting hurt.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, cause they talked about not to get too deep in the weeds here, but I, I've heard on podcasts, they were talking about you can do all the steroids and your muscles can grow and whatever, but your tendons are the same size and they can only take so much. So your muscles can be as big as you want them to be, but everything else is, you know, like everybody else. So, you know, you're still going to get injured. But anyway, getting into this, uh, I and and you can tell with this, they were building him up for a big thing. Even though I thought the storyline was stupid, they were, I mean, they've admitted they were building him up to be Vince McMahon's illegitimate son, and that was supposed to be a big launching point for him as well. And just... He blew opportunity after opportunity by getting hurt. Well, I mean, that's not blowing an opportunity, but he he would get hurt or he would do drugs or whatever. So, whatever. Either way, Kennedy gets thrown outside and he starts spitting up blood, but the referee doesn't see it. So MVP runs down with a towel to wipe up the blood uh, before it can be spotted. MVP then acts like he's going to help Kennedy to the back. And then he ends up throwing him back in the ring. Who could have saw that coming? <laughs> When when Kennedy... I have a Jacks figure of Kennedy, by the way. Uh, when, uh, there
0: is no Mattel figure, which sucks.
2: I, yeah, I know. He was gone before that. There is a... And, and it's an actual Ken Kennedy figure. It's not the... Because he does have TNA figures. Uh, I do not have that. I have the WWE. But when Kennedy gets the advantage, MVP goes to hit Kennedy in the back with a chair, but the ref pulls the chair back. MVP shoves the ref off. And he swings the chair wildly, accidentally smacking the Undertaker in the head with it, busting him wide open. The referee sees this and he declares that Mr. Kennedy is the winner as Kennedy rains down punches on the Undertaker. Uncle Dave gave this three stars. I gave it probably two and a half. It's not the greatest first blood I've ever seen. But I thought it was really good. I might even go three. I don't know. What say you?
0: I loved it. I gave it three. <clears throat> Yeah, Upon- I had a fun time watching it. I forgot how fun it was. So
2: Can I can I throw the the, the yellow flag here? Upon further review, 3 stars.
0: Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but Yeah. I thought yeah. it was a good build, had a good match. I thought it could have went a little longer.
2: Yeah. I feel like it was
0: over too okay. quick, especially considering the the build up it had. And I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure they never wrestled again. At least on pay-per-view.
2: Yeah. did well, it at Armageddon? I don't think so. And this was Undertaker's thing back in the day. He was like, look, I'll put you over in the match, but I'm going to get my heat back by just pummeling the piss out of you after the bell. He did that to JBL. I'm
0: sorry, but to me, that kind of takes away from it. But
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not disagreeing with you, but yeah. So it's like, eh. I mean, they have something to brag about. Like, oh, I beat the Undertaker. It's like, yeah, but he beat the piss out of you.
0: The <laughs> only person he never did that to is Mankind, if you think about it. Mankind just beat him
2: yeah right and then took off running <laughs> but after the match uh, Mr. Kennedy calls for his microphone so he, he can announce himself the winner while he's crouching over top of the Undertaker which you know what that means Good. the Undertaker reaches up and goozles him Taker then rains punches down upon Kennedy in the corner grabs a chair and he basically wraps it around Kennedy's effing head this was not the worst injury he would get from a chair by the way uh, yeah. that, would, that would come from one Jeffrey Nero Hardy Uh, But Kennedy is busted open now, and the Undertaker beats him up on the announce table and then back into the ring, where he tombstones him straight to hell. Straight to hell. After the (laughs) match... I got that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, After the match, Undertaker takes his right glove off and repeatedly punches Kennedy in the forehead. Both men are a bloody mess. So much blood. That's another thing when flying WWE in 2020. AEW, yes. WWE, nah.
0: AEW's is even marketing damn figures with blood,
2: and at the bottom of the of the package it says blood and guts. Oh. So there you go.
0: The match that never happened, by the way,
2: because screw you, COVID. Yeah, I know. They said they're going to do it in front of a crowd, but and and they've got the crowd back. So I'm like, well, yeah, but now it's lost its luster because,
0: well, I mean, you haven't been watching, but you know, that's a sidetrack. But the elites kind of broken up, and it looks like Guevara's out of the inner circle is about to happen. So. <laughs> i just eh,
2: think it's still i don't know they could make it work somehow i don't know <sighs> i gotta throw well you can have a three-way like like three teams and throw uh kingston's group in there maybe
0: that actually yeah. might be better at this point
2: yeah so maybe do like smaller teams like i don't know like four-man teams throwing kingston's group the elite inner circle hell i mean they. You know, uh, or have multiple. Could the dark order involve the dork order?
0: Oh, for God's sakes, no.
2: <laughs> Come on, you got Swoley McSwollerson over there, John Silver. I'm I'm on board with
0: Kingston's group because I like the idea of the Lucha Bros doing stuff in the cage. Yeah. But I don't care to see six, seven, eight, nine, whatever the hell their names are in a, in a no, no thank you. What about
2: Taz's group?
0: Well, he's only got two at the moment though.
2: Is it only two? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they would have to... I mean,
0: although Brian Cage or, himself could rip everyone's ass apart, to be fair, so...
2: <laughs> no, Greg, he lost fair and square to Tessa Blanchard on pay-per-view. What good are you to me now? That's actually legit. <laughs> yeah, that one is. But <laughs> backstage in their locker room, Queen Charmel and King Booker do their best version of the King and I with cartoonish British accents.
0: Yeah, a little fun fact here. I'm pretty sure he said he was... Um, his whole thing was based on uh, that, uh, the guy with the lazy eye. He's a really good actor.
2: Oh, uh, Forrest Whitaker? You're yeah, Forrest Whitaker. The movie The Last King of Scotland. Yes, Man, he
0: was all based on that. Okay. He said okay. his whole thing, so.
2: I buy that, but my God. But this whole thing makes me wonder if they just stayed in character 24-7. Like, in kayfabe land, because supposedly... It's called
0: method a... acting, so, you know. Well, well they weren't... Good, being,
2: good for him. Well, they, yeah, they weren't being interviewed here. Like, the, the camera... Were like so the camera just walked in on them standing shoulder to shoulder, looking at each other. By the way, because that's how normal people stand, and they were talking in these over-the-top, terrible, half-half, uh, Houston, half-British uh, accents. Like right <laughs> kind of like you are right now. Say what?
0: Kind of like you are right now.
2: Yeah, it was stupid. It was just like. All right, I hated the King Booker gimmick. Also,
0: let's, real quick, he brought that back in DNA, Do you remember? Yes, I was like, God dang it! Why is he doing it again?
2: Stop it! <laughs> oh man! Like, well, I'm in the, I'm in the uh, the main event mafia, and I'm Booker T. But at the same time, I, I'm like his his gimmick, which was fine. His whole gimmick was I'm rich and famous, and I'm more popular than everybody here. And he's like wearing like, you know, fancy clothes and rings and whatever. Doesn't mean you have to speak in a British accent, bro. Like, just talk normal. Come you on. You Remember
0: man. when uh, John Cena like, got, kind of ripped him for it, and he's like, "Damn, Booker, you should lose your Black Man card for this." Good oh, Lord, the entire arena exploded for that.
2: Tell <laughs> me you didn't just say that. <laughs> like, oh, you're
1: black again? Okay. <laughs>
2: But this one, this next one is the second to last match of the night. It is the last Survivor Series match of the entire night. It is Team Big Show versus Team Cena. The uh, Team Big Show is Big Show, MVP, Test, Finley, and Umaga with Armando Alejandro Estrada in his corner. No, I didn't roll my R's, sorry. Uh, Team Cena is John Cena, RVD, Sabu, Bobby Lashley, and Kane. This was Lashley's first run. Right before he got that theme that was my favorite he ever had.
0: He used it for two weeks. He debuted it at the Grand American Match that I was that. Fun fact.
2: Yeah. That, what was it Hell Will Be Calling Your Name? Like, that yeah. was so badass. And I'm like, did you lose the rights to it? Like, why? what the hell? Because I kept waiting for them to bring it back. And I was like, ah, never mind. Was, who was I at WrestleMania with? Was
0: it you or Ramon where he returned? Uh, it was me. Okay. So remember how we had seen his name on the little monitor, we're like, Oh, it showed Lashley.
2: You did. Yeah, yeah. you were like, Oh, not spoiling anything, but, uh, yeah, they just played, uh, Lashley's Tron on the, I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> and when like, he's kind of like, Oh, they're going to play that awesome theme. And
2: you know. I know I was waiting for it. And then, I mean, I like his song, but it's not the same. Yeah. But this was a five on five survivor series elimination match and went for 12 and a half minutes. John Cena was real- majorly real quick. Real quick um, did you catch when MVP came out? He was like looking around for Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. He's looking over his shoulder. He's like, I don't want the Undertaker jumping my ass. Yeah. Was it, was like
0: when, it was like when was like kind of He's like, what? What? Okay, cool. We're good. Because <laughs> he came yeah. out of that. He came out of that blow up thing, and like I guess he theoretically could have been in there, which would have been funny, but
2: right. Well, it's the Undertaker. You pop up anywhere, so it's like yeah, you can look over your shoulder all you want, but the lights are going to drop. He's going to pop up. You know all the good stuff, but. <laughs> Uh, John Cena was majorly hated by the Philadelphia crowd. I know. Shocker. You know, he, he should But they like
0: a... Sabu, but... <laughs> well,
2: wow, Well, yeah. Hey, he he should have wore a Phillies jersey to really endear himself to the crowd.
0: <laughs> nah. He should have wore like a Mets jersey. That would have really got him.
2: <laughs> I would mean, have yeah, I would have laughed if he came out in an Allen Iverson Sixers jersey. <laughs> but I think they're relevant to him. Yeah, I was like, that's the one. Like, I, that's the only Sixers jersey anybody ever owns. John Cena starts a match by clotheslining Umaga out of the ring. Umaga grabs a monitor off the announce table back before they were tablets. And he blasts Cena on the head with it, and he gets disqualified right away. Umaga did jack and squat.
0: Well, he was running the whole undefeated thing at this time, so it does not surprise me.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Which uh, John Cena would take from him. So, he just liked taking... Undefeated streaks from foreigners, didn't he? Yep. Uh, behind the referee's back... Yeah, well, sure does. Comes... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right. Uh, Kane comes in and chokeslams MVP behind the referee's back. This allows RVD to hit the five-star frog splash where the pinfall elimination test hits a running big boot on RVD right after this to eliminate him. After a spear from Lashley to test on the outside, Sabu rolls him into the ring. It's a tornado... or. Springboard Tornado DDT on test for the pin. Any elimination? Sabu gets caught with a crossbody, or excuse me, uh, yeah, gets caught while trying to crossbody the Big Show, who then chokeslams Sabu out of that for the pin. That was kind of cool. Kane and Big Show try to choke each other out. All of a sudden, he wasn't called Hornswoggle at this time, people. I'm calling him what he was. The little bastard runs out from under the ring. He goes right in between them. They look at him like, the f and he runs away behind the referee's back uh, finley gets in and smacks kane in the back of the head with a shillelagh uh big show choke slams him and he pins him it's now two on two finley picks up the little bastard and he throws him into cena's arms <laughs> just, i'm sorry i can't help but laugh calling him the little bastard
0: that was hey he's okay with it man he says he made like millions off of that he's like he's perfectly fine with it so Sidebar. Not that I'm trying to sit there and make it okay to say this about people, but he flat out said it. Hey, this paid my bills and clothed my kid and stuff, so I don't give a damn. (laughs) That's that's what he says.
2: My friend was (laughs) legit pissed off when they actually started calling him Hornswoggle. He was like, I don't give a damn what they call him. I'm still calling him the little bastard. And I'm like, (laughs) whatever. Do you, man. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Finley throws him into Cena's arms. Lashley spears the piss out of him and pins him uh cena and Lashley reported uh, repeatedly double teamed the big show cena finally was able to power the big show up for the f u yes it was still the f u at this time for the pinfall and the win uncle Dave two and one-fourth star I gave it two and a half stars What's i the, gave
0: it i gave it two it was it was fun
2: I honestly thought this was Better than the one with... I, I'm i not saying the talent was better. It clearly wasn't. But I thought, like, the actual match, I thought was better than the one with DX. It there was, was that,
0: more played out, and there was more stuff going on between multiple guys in this match. So, yeah. You know. Right. That's what that match suffered from. Like, this match had Lashley and Big Show. They were going to be fighting the week after this. Yes, there was a pay-per-view the week after this. and Yeah. Uh, Cena Maga refuting and yeah, so a lot of stuff going. on. Yep.
2: That was uh yeah. <laughs> that that pay per view. My god. It was it was something. All right, moving into the main event. Let's let's take our, our last quick break here, uh, to pay some bills. We come back, we'll talk about the build up to the main event and the main event itself right after this. on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod.
1: Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at fractureme.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you. Ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. The been thinking about McDonald's all day can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, Got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's right now. Get two of your favorites for just three 50 mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal, single item at regular price. Now
2: back to our program. (laughs) All right. Getting into all of this for the main event before the match, SmackDown general manager, Theodore long comes to the ring JBL calling him a peanut headed George Jefferson lookalike probably wouldn't have passed in twenty twenty. <laughs> she does not walk like George though. Yeah, I I'm not saying it was in a racist manner, but you know how people are. Like everybody's I mean, I'm
0: just strictly talking about the walk, by the way. Anyone who watches oh, yeah. it walk, that's clearly George Jefferson. So
2: <laughs> yeah, where he just like waves his arms back and forth, kind of yep. wobbles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like you and I who are logical thinking people know what he was talking about, but you know how 2020 is. How dare you say anything that can be misconstrued? God dang it, pal. I don't know why I went to Vince, but that's like social justice, Vince. Wow. I would pay to see that character. That would be amazing.
0: You'd be waiting your entire life and then some to see it.
2: That would be like PC principal on South park. Yeah. if anybody knows PC Principle, I've I, I got to make that reference, sorry. All right, uh, but anyway, uh, Teddy Long announces that this may be Batista's last chance at the world title, but if Booker is counted out or disqualified, he loses the world title. So, stacking the deck here, uh, I, I guess both people have the deck stacked. But So, there you go. Uh, the main event was King Booker. With Queen Charmel in his That's how he said it, too. With uh, Queen Charmel in his corner. Defending the world Heavyweight Championship against Batista. This went just shy of 14 minutes. Batista jumps Booker in the entryway before the match even starts. Beats him up and then rolls him into the ring. When Batista hits the Batista bomb, Booker grabs the ropes to break the pin. Behind the referee's back, Charmel hands Booker the world title. Batista teases giving Charmel the Batista bomb, but shoves her aside thinks better of it. The ref isn't looking as uh, Booker swings the world title and Batista ducks it, and then he drops the world title. Batista picks it up. He blasts Booker in the head with it and pins him for the win. Me and Uncle Dave had vastly different opinions on this. So I'm wanting to see where you fall. Uncle Dave gave this one and one-fourth stars. For for the two guys that were in it, I kind of liked it. I gave it three stars. What say you?
0: I'm literally right in the middle. I gave it two. Um, I liked it, though. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I remember marking big time when Batista won the title back. Yeah. I was really pissed when he didn't win it at SummerSlam.
2: But yeah, Well, I went back and forth on this one, because I'm like, is it two? Is it three? And I don't know. I just, I dug it. I dig Batista. I dig Booker T. Uh, and I thought they clicked. I don't think Booker clicked with everyone. Same thing with Batista. I, I mean, I think Batista had more people that he could have. And the thing is, Booker's better than Batista, but he had weird... Booker's better than a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But I feel like he had weird chemistry. Like, his matches with The Undertaker are very forgettable. And there were a couple other people that he had matches with, that I was just like, eh. I mean, it was... It was fine. But this one, I thought, like, these two, they uh, they clicked really well. And uh, I enjoyed the feud. I enjoyed the, like I said, before I hated the King Booker gimmick, but I appreciate it more in retrospect. It was fine, uh, and the match was good, but I feel like this was a good way to wrap up the pay-per-view, and I feel like it was good to have like the world title closed. The WWE title did not. John Cena was in the second-to-last match, and he was the WWE champion, and uh, Big Show was the ECW champion, second-to-last match on the show. They made
0: a huge fuss about this on SmackDown, too. JBL kept saying, oh, it's sorry, serious. Smackdown's still in the show with the main event. So they made sure to let everyone know going into this. That was, in fact, the last match.
2: Yeah, and I feel like, uh, I mean, it really was. It was was a good way to close the show. I feel like it should have closed the show. It had the most, besides the, I feel like Smackdown was the show that had all the, all the storyline, like the big time storylines driving it.
0: It was. And when you think about Raw, had ECW helping it. Yeah, They are doing the whole ECW Raw talent exchange crap. You know, so that was all one, basically.
2: Now, Remind me, did... Uh, yeah, uh, Undertaker won this coming Royal Rumble, correct? In yes. 07? Yeah, because I remember specifically when he won the Royal Rumble, they were like, he can choose any champion to face at WrestleMania. Who's it going to be? And they had the WWE champion, the world champion, and effing Bobby Lashley with the ECW title all in the ring. I'm like, yeah, Taker's going to say, you know what, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take you on for that, that thing. Ugh.
0: I still think it should have been Cena, but I guess Batista made the most sense.
2: Yeah. Hey, he ended up facing Cena at WrestleMania, sort of. <laughs> yeah, and in he, a route. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I saw it live, uh, him and him and Cena WrestleMania 34? Yeah, 34 in uh, New Orleans. That was, uh, I mean, I was happy to see The Undertaker, but I was just like, wow, he just came out and seen his ass and left. <laughs> cool. But, all right, well, I think that about does it for the show. Uh, take our final break. When we come back, it's the final ratings, people. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main
1: event marks pod. now, back to our program. All right, final ratings
2: for the show. IMDB gave this 6.4 out of 10. CageMatch.net was really rough. They gave it 4.81 out of 10. I gave it 6.5 out of 10. What say you?
0: I, I really like this show. I gave it like a B-. minus.
2: Wow, really? Yeah, I love this show. I, I liked the main event. I liked the first blood match, and the other matches were, I felt okay. I like, I, I wasn't like I I didn't hate watching this show. I, I thought it was above average, well above average. But I don't know. I gave it like a D plus, C minus, somewhere in there. I had to, it was it was fine for a Survivor Series, and it was a good follow up ten years later. Like how far have we come? Shawn Michaels is still, you know, doing his thing. Uh, if you think about it, he was in the main event of '96, and he's like halfway down the card in uh, 2006
0: but performing better in, in 2006 than he was in 06, in
2: 96. I know it's weird, but uh, cool, but weird. Yeah. So, and, uh, and a big muscle bound dude wins the world title in the, in the main event. So there's that. And one was in Madison square garden with a hostile crowd. And this one was in Philadelphia with a hostile crowd. So I might even
0: argue a more hostile crowd.
2: Oh, well, absolutely. Philadelphia is like on another level, <laughs> But yeah, they so. hate
0: Santa, dude. I mean, you just don't get any more hateful than
2: that. Yeah, yeah, Philadelphia's uh, something, man. There, uh... but anyway, yeah. Coming up, uh, that that wraps up the month of November for us. I hope you all enjoyed. Last week we dropped TNA Victory Road 2004, and for our bonus show we dropped WWF Survivor Series 1987, which was the first Survivor Series ever. I had Jacob Grandi from Curtain Jerkin. Uh, back on the show. He was on for a bonus show back in August. We reviewed the very first ever SummerSlam. Now we're doing the first ever Survivor Series. Uh, spoiler, he will be back in January. and kind of see by the pattern what we're going to be reviewing in January. But, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Very old school wrestling. I'll say that. Um, but, yeah, that wraps up November like i said big stuff coming up i hope if you are not caught up on the podcast i hope you do catch up this weekend we got our pay-per-view for the main event figure federation coming this sunday so that's a big deal are very excited about that yeah it's our very first ever i'm putting the finishing touches on my show and then we will have a uh our, our monday shows the day after so lots of content coming up this weekend and uh, next week as well. Next week we are diving into December. It is our first show of the of uh, Christmas, Hanukkah month, whatever you want to call it, the holiday month. And December second, we are going to cover Starcade nineteen ninety Collision Course. I don't remember why we decided on nineteen ninety. Do you? I do
0: not, and I don't remember this event off the top of my head. So it's gonna be fun to go back and watch it.
2: Yeah, it's uh. It, yeah, I, I always like going back and watching this, this stuff. Uh, basically, oh, the event was a... The, <laughs> here's why we decided to review it. The main event was a steel cage match between Sting and the Black Scorpion.
0: Okay, that sounded more like the Shockmaster.
2: It's the same guy. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so that's why it also included a street fight between Doom and... And the team of uh, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham for the NWA Tag Titles, a Texas Lariat match doing Stan Hansen and Lex Luger because when I think of Texas Lariat match, I think of t- uh, Lex Luger. <laughs> and for the United States Title and the entire Pat O'Connor Memorial International Cup Tag Team Tournament. <sighs> I got winded just saying that. <laughs> so that it should be a good classic card going back in time. It's Starcade Month, man. You gotta get into it. You gotta get all the feels going. I'm excited for Starcade Month. I'm hoping we get an NXT Starcade. That would be cool. We. Yeah, because the last couple Starcades that we have done have just been house shows.
1: Yeah.
2: I went to the one in Cincinnati, by the way. I did not get the uh, John Moxley shirt, but he was in the main event. Uh, it was a Steel Cage match, him versus Seth Rollins. Steel Cage for the WWE title. Anyway. It's uh it's going to be a big 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 month for December looking forward to it. Thank you for joining me today, Greg.
1: Mhm.
2: And we will see you all next week Starcade 1990 Collision Course is coming down the pike.
0: Summer vacation, here we come.
1: Yep, I packed the craft beers I got it. Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be Ready. It's
0: all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
1: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
0: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.